Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creative Control with Bish Khan. Hey everybody, um, I know it's weird for me to be talking at this volume, given how raucous my theme music is, but it's the middle of the night and my son is sleeping, and for those of you who have subscribed to my newsletter, you know that my wife's been away for the week and I'm, I'm on my own with my son, and he's two years old, and... He just keeps waking up, and I'm trying to be quiet. He doesn't wake up during the night, but he just... Actually, he did. Last night, he did. Anyway, I'm trying to be quiet, so I'm going to be quiet for the intro and tell you that Basha Bulat is on the show, and we're going to talk about her new record, Tall Tall Shadow, which is her third record, and I spoke to her about it extensively, and I asked her about working with Arcade Fire's Tim Kingsbury and Arcade Fire sound person... Uh, engineer Mark Lawson and and her life and music and a whole bunch of other stuff too. Okay, so that's what's coming up on the show. And, um, you know, if you want, you should subscribe to the newsletter. I should mention that. I haven't mentioned that in a few, uh, few weeks, maybe months. Uh, if you don't mind reviewing the podcast on iTunes, if you listen to it on iTunes, rate it, review it. It helps. Those are some things I wanted to say. Okay. Let's just get on with the episode. Here, here comes the, the loud music again. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker. Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza, the pizza. Personally, I like the gourmet domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T 
T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Asha Bulat is a distinctive singer and musician based in Toronto, Ontario. Over the past decade, she's released three acclaimed albums and won praise for her impassioned voice and emotive songwriting. Her latest record is a lovely and intricate one called Tall Tall Shadow. It's out now courtesy of Secret City Records and sends her out on tour across North America and Europe in the coming months. Here now to discuss all of this further is the wonderful Abasha Bulat. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi Basha, how's it going? Hey, Vish, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Where in the world are you? I am in Quebec City, Quebec. Quebec City? Today. What are you doing in this? Yeah. That's a lovely place. Why are you in Quebec City? Oh, well, um, we're here doing a promo day, and tomorrow we have a concert. Nice. I have a concert with my band, and uh, yeah, it's a very nice day here, and it's very beautiful. It's a very beautiful city. <laughs> I is... want to spend more time outside wandering the city streets. I, I would venture to guess that Quebec City is one of the most beautiful cities in all of Canada. Maybe all the world. It's well, pretty okay. beautiful. Sure, let's go Let's go global. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, let's go global. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lovely place. I'm glad you're, you're having fun there. I, I want to begin by asking you about the mood and, and maybe even the possible motifs of this new record. The, the imagery of a tall shadow cast over someone feels kind of daunting to me. Can you can you discuss who or what might maybe inspired this idea? Well, in the song, the tall, tall shadow is yours. So um, the song is really, I mean, it's got a lot of, I kind of fell in love with the idea of um, something that seems ominous that then can take on a different meaning um, if it's if it's sung like in a in a major key, <laughs> um, and it kind of becomes something kind of powerful and, um, or empowering. And um, I think most of the record is kind of about these sort of worlds of shadow and light um, and how they interact with each other or like kind of live in a space between the two of them even. Um, because even even light, you know, can, can be pretty harsh um, or it can be really beautiful. And I think the same thing can be said about shadows and about darkness. So that's kind of where where those songs are kind of living, kind of in that world. Do you, can you, I know it's hard to be objective about this, but can you pinpoint what may have inspired you to be exploring this this sort of relationship between darkness and light? Because I know you've you've had an interesting relationship with those things before. I, when you were talking just now, it conjured the, the fact that I know you have had in the past a very profound relationship with Dawson City, uh, in in the yeah. and I know that's going back a few years in terms of its uh, inspiration on you, but that's a place where darkness and light have a very odd relationship, and that uh, <laughs> yeah. it almost never gets. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'm just curious. Can you for this record? Is there did something happen uh, in your own life that kind of may may have inspired uh, this this motif? Yeah, I think um, most of the songs are kind of coming. Um, they're a lot more personal on this record and they're kind of coming from a place where I was in, um, maybe still working through, um, losing somebody close to me, mm. uh, without going into too much detail, obviously, but, um, thinking about 
a way to be honest about those feelings when you're in that space, but also um, finding a way to make something um, hopeful or beautiful at the same time. So that's kind of why I think I um, there kind of is a literal light and shadow, and then there's maybe a more, um, I guess, metaphorical. I guess you could say light and shadow throughout the record. Right. And and so, again, without going into too much detail, the, the shadow being cast, if we want to stick to that term. And I'm not It's sure- not a literal, it's not, it's not a specific, I mean, that song is very, like, much, with the words are yours, like the listener. So it's not really about anyone in particular. Okay, okay. And I, I, I <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, that's the thing, yeah. I don't want to uh, emphasize the the song in particular, but when you when you also... You know, you obviously have contextualized the album by that song, so it it seems to have a, a bit more power than uh, maybe it even yeah, needs well, to have. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think the thing is too that I love about that song is that it kind of takes a lot of the ideas from the rest of the songs, and it kind of became the title track because it um, is a song that kind of starts in one mode and then moves to a, like a really powerful and empowering mode. And I think I kind of like drew a lot of inspiration from. Um, kind of a lot of deep soul recordings, a lot of like the numeral group um, reissues of soul and gospel music where um, the subject matter can sometimes be really dark, but at the same time, it's extremely uplifting Mm. because it's a shared, it's a shared uh, experience and it's a shared feeling. And, you know, you have a lot of voices and you have a lot of people and it's kind of accumulates power. Um, So it's one of those things that um, it kind of becomes something bigger then it it seems on two levels, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not necessarily just yeah. If I'm explaining myself, I mean it's it's easier for me to talk about something in a song than it is to try and paraphrase the song. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's the uh, that's the kind of rub of every interview, isn't it? Like you've put all this work and <laughs> energy into expressing yourself in a very lovely manner in a song and then we have to come and try to deconstruct what you're saying and then you're in like <laughs> i already expressed myself as well as i possibly could just listen to the record I understand. yeah yeah but but also at the same time it's one of those things that um you know you have to i think whenever you're making something you have to allow for more than just one possibility for whatever it is that whatever kind of work you've made um you know so there's you know hopefully if it's if there's any if there's any depth to it, then it can kind of exist on a few different planes, yeah. if that makes sense. So I also don't like to close it off and say it, it has to be only this way and you can only listen to it in one way, you know, because I don't I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, think yeah. It's, I, I think it's fitting that you're, you're in Quebec. As far as I know, you've made all of your albums in Montreal. And <laughs> is that that's accurate, well, right? Um, well, this record actually, I did quite a bit of it in Ontario. Oh, okay. Um, I yeah, I started recording it. Um, we spend a, a significant amount of time in a Legion Hall, like a dance hall in the beaches. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there was this really cool um, kind of giant room. I kind of this, I wanted a character room, you know, a room that had kind of like its own sound, um, and maybe not a traditional studio kind of place. So I went, um, I went looking around Toronto. I wanted somewhere kind of close to home, at least so I didn't have to worry about where I was going to stay. Okay. Um, and and we tried it. We tried it out, and it was kind of amazing to have this. When I was 
when I was visiting all these different rooms, when I first walked into this one legion in the beaches, it's, you know, it's a really old building, 100-year-old building. You open the doors and the first thing in this auditorium, there's this big stage and the walls are powder blue and there's this yellow curtains and big, big windows with lots of light. And there was this senior citizens jazz band playing old standards up on the stage and a couple people dancing and a bunch of people just drinking their lunch lunchtime sort of tea and having lunch and it was just it sounded so good in there and it just kind of had this really sweet energy and it kind of felt a bit like a high school prom mixed with ghost stories mixed with you know a big room sound so I I was really happy that we could do a big chunk of the recording there and then then we finished it up in Montreal so yeah I it is true that there's always a Montreal connection though well that connection yeah I think the other thing that sticks out for me is that your first two albums were uh, overseen by Howard Billerman at the at the Hotel Tatango. He he's the the lead. Mm-hmm. He's an engineer there. And then uh, this one has a, a connection uh, to uh, Arcade Fire. Howard used to be in Arcade Fire, so that's one connection. Then this one, you've got Mark Lawson and Tim Kingsbury, uh, who mm-hmm. have well, uh, and actually Howard mixed Howard mixed half the record as well. So they, he's still you know it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. I I just tweeted uh, today that I don't. I'm kind of tired of getting mailed. CDs by publicists because I thought CDs were dead and then I also wondered if that meant because I was still getting them if that meant I was dead but uh because <laughs> I'm just like I thought this format was dead but the truth is now what now that we're talking you know if I'd had your record I could have seen the liner notes all I've got is sent this <laughs> digital copy and I'm sort of grasping at straws so I didn't know that okay my, my the point though the, the reason I bring this all up is <laughs> Is that you? You do... can't walk down the street in Montreal without running into someone. <laughs> so yeah. it's connected in some way. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, there there <laughs> seems to be this Arcade Fire Montreal connection, and I'm just curious what uh, has drawn you to to both of those things. Um, I it's it's um. I don't know. I think that's probably true for a lot of albums. I don't think Vine is the only album like that. But you, you don't. Um, you haven't lived. I mean, in, obviously. Have you lived in Montreal? Sorry, go ahead. When was the last? You, yeah, you, yeah, you, I lived in Montreal. You lived yeah, there for I've some time. There yeah, a couple but, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, and Tim played on my last record. Actually, it was Howard that introduced uh, us, me and Tim. So Tim played bass on Heart of My Own, uh-huh. and um, yeah, it's it's all like something just sort of like staying I don't know for me I've always played with family and friends um and that's always been important to me and so that's yeah that's just something it just happens to be the way it is okay. <laughs> I wish I could say it was you know for something sort of specific I mean obviously um the the really fun part about working with Tim and Mark is that it was like I had you know we were this really cool team it was really really fun um and they're really open-minded I mean obviously I'm pretty sure you know both of them pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, I know you know Tim pretty well, and I would say um, you you know they're extremely open-minded and really into experimenting and trying different stuff out and really easygoing. Um, and also the, like people who knew my work and like what I've done before and what I want to try to do, and um, and also like not afraid to like you know push me when I you know to try something when I you know if I need to you know challenge myself a little bit and. Um, support when I need it, and then also like not afraid to make fun of me if I need it. <laughs> right. So uh, you you spoke to this a little bit. How did your vision for this record mesh with what Tim and Mark had in mind? I think we were all on the same page. Um, it just 
really always came down to what's the best way to tell the story of the song that's in the song and kind of always taking cues from the lyrics. Oh, um, I see. Hmm. And, and that was really kind of the, only, the main focus. It wasn't like, okay, now we're going to make a record that's like this. It's really more, okay, what's, what's the story in the song and what's the story that we're trying to tell and how is the best way to deliver that. So we actually experimented a lot and we tried a lot of different arrangements for different songs and um, always keeping an open mind. But yeah, at the end of the day, you kind of go with your gut. It does, it does seem to me, to me anyway, to be one of your more, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, experimental records. It does seem like you were trying (laughs) more things like the song promise not to think about love feels like a real sonic departure to me. It has a cool kind of underground pop feel to it can you talk a little bit about how that song developed yeah i always wanted to make a song so the funny part about my first record is that there's basically no bass on the album at all but i i can't play bass i played bass in high school orchestra and i played bass in some people's bands and stuff like that so it's really it's really funny that my first album had no bass and my second (laughs) album had a little bit of upright bass and then my third album is like electric bass on that song and so the fourth record will just be only bass (laughs) <laughs> um, no other instruments. But, um, but yeah, I've kind of always wanted to do something really danceable and um, that, yeah, I just, that song came really quickly and it just kind of, want, yeah, it was, I was kind of also, <laughs> it was, we actually have two basses on that song. Oh. We have a bass guitar and a bass organ, organ bass pedal. So it was extreme, extreme change from, you know, in terms of the departure, but it, it was so fun to record that song. Um, yeah, it was, that song was kind of one of the, the ones we didn't have to, we actually didn't have to try to do too many different kinds of arrangements for that one. Cause it was so clear, like what had to happen. You, it, know? you know, you know what it reminds me of a little bit uh, is the cure. I don't know if that was a touchstone at all. Cool. I take that as a, I take that as a compliment. It was <laughs> not in my initial, um, like uh, vision in that sense, but I love that you take that from it. That's awesome. I got kind of like a close to me vibe. I don't know if you know that song. Uh, yeah, I love that song. Or is it yeah. clo- is it close to you? Song. Close to you? Close to me? I think it's close to me. I can't remember, but yeah, I think it is close to me. Yeah, that's the one. And, and, and so close to me. There you go. Yeah. You got it. That's and it, it's got that kind of <laughs> that feeling for me. And I just wasn't expecting that. And uh, it's a real. It's it's a. It's refreshing. It's refreshing to hear you kind of in that mode. Thanks. You're... Thanks. I'm glad you like it. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> oh, good, good. Now, I, I you mentioned uh, that you play bass and that you haven't played bass until this record. I do think of you as a multi-instrumentalist. Can you maybe just talk about all the things that you play uh, or attempt oh, to play? Oh, no. Now it's going to sound like I'm a... Now I'm going to sound like a egomaniac or something no um, no not at all i'm asking you, you're <laughs> answering a question that was put before you it's true i guess that's true um well i don't think i play them all very well but um yeah piano from when i was three and then obviously guitar obviously the auto harp and all the sort of hybrids and offshoots of the auto harp um i guess ukulele i guess charango is like one that i it's an instrument that I kind of started learning a few years ago that's on this new record. What is, um, what is that instrument? In high school. I'm not familiar with that the instrument. The Tarango? Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. South American, it kind of looks um, like a cousin of the ukulele and the lute. Um, it's got 10 strings. It's a small little instrument and it uh, sounds really beautiful because it's kind of like, because it's, even though it's small and the strings are quite short, so it's a high higher pitched instrument it's still like a very deep sound because there's 10 strings and they really resonate and it's kind of got a lot of really cool potential and um so yeah I don't play it in the traditional way because it's really hard to do that so I I do have all the books though I'm studying that but um studying that slowly but I did kind of figure out a way to play it in my own way uh-huh. so um yeah I really I really love it um and the one thing I haven't played on my records yet beef but I did play in high school bands is the alto saxophone? Oh, nice! Well, you gotta get you gotta get on that. You gotta make some room for an alto. Everybody's sax. making sax records, though. Everyone's making saxophone records now, so it's gonna seem like I'm jumping on a bandwagon, you know. But really, I was there the whole time. I'll tell you what. There's there's no better sounding bandwagon than one that has an alto sax. I think you should you should get it. That's what the that's what the band part of the bandwagon is. Is just people playing alto sax. You should totally get that going. I think I think it would go over well. You you mentioned that you If were... I do that, what are you going to play in the band? <laughs> Which part of the band again are you going to jump uh, into? What should I jump into? I don't know. I'm I primarily play percussion. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. I I'd Sample love... pad. Let's do it. Sure, that sounds good. You you mentioned we could do that. I don't. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like I I feel like now like even if I'm I probably will do that and I'll do it in my own way and it's going to be really fun. Like that's kind of where my head's at right now. It's like. Yeah, of course I should be doing that. Of course. It'll be fun. <laughs> At least you can experiment if you're not happy. I mean, if you've got if you've got it, you might as well try things in your arsenal and and see what works. Nobody has to hear it if it's bad. Exactly. And you can at least say, well, I tried it and I'm not going back to it. That's I See, that was a a, a wide array of instruments. I'm glad I asked that question because I didn't even know about some of that. Uh, and you mentioned you were playing piano at three years old. I'm curious, what, what what's your earliest memory of being interested in music? I assume it might be uh, something to do with piano at that age. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have two really strong memories. One, well, my mom taught classical piano and classical guitar. So um, I have two really strong memories. One of my mom playing all the time and me wanting to learn to play. Um, and the other is being... I thought it was my first piano lesson, but my mom has since corrected me when I, when I told her this. It's uh, I was kind of sitting on a piano bench, and um, uh, a gentleman, you know, one of the instructors, actually it was like the head of the school my mom was teaching at. Um, he would kind of play a couple notes, and I would have to play the same notes, kind of like a bit of an ear training exercise. But uh-huh. I guess he was just 
seeing if I could uh, have the sort of, if I had the, what would you say? It's, uh, like I, if I could keep my attention span, <laughs> if I if I had the attention span, I guess, um, at that age to like continue and do lessons, you know? Yeah. So that, that was sort of my first memory is I really have that strong memory of him playing like little notes and, you know, CDEDC and me doing the exact same thing. And um, yeah, I guess that was just sort of a little bit of a test to see if I could follow along and if, I guess if I was smart enough or something. Was there, was there ever a point having started so <laughs> early and being kind of, it sounds like it was in the family, basically. Was there ever a point where you were like, ah, I think I'm going to be an accountant. I don't, I'm not interested in being in, I'm not into music because my family's into it. Was that ever a thing for you? Um, Nope, never had any interest in accounting. Um, <laughs> I definitely, um, no offense to accountants. I think. No, no, accountants are great. Yeah, everybody's got a job to do, but I just, I am not that person. Sure, sure. Um, um, I think I tried, and, and my mom encouraged me to have other interests, so I studied literature at Western, at the university. Um, yeah. And, and I think, but the more I kind of tried to do something else, the more I was pulled back, really. So the more you... You can't run away from your true calling, I guess. Well, and you're also very close to your family, so uh, that's my yeah. per- my perception. So, it's for me, you know, I had a somewhat antagonistic relationship with mine, and oh no, <laughs> no, no, it's not nothing to be sad about. It's just that I had to kind of, re- in order to play music, and I think a lot of kids like me had the same experience. In order to play music, you kind of had to rebel a bit from your family. I'm always curious when people have a supportive family foundation for things like music, and that it sounds like you came from a musical family, a musical house, and and that it was hard to rebel against my mom because my mom would be like, for my brother, he'd be really into getting into punk shows and punk rock, and my mom would be, you know, literally calling the George Stromboulopoulos show whenever they would be giving away free tickets. My mom was like, okay, you want to put your hair into spikes, I'll research on the internet what is the best, like, you know, <laughs> I'll find, I'll find the best way to keep your, to keep the hair spiky or something, you know, it was one of those kind of things that you couldn't really, you know, rebel in that way. But I think that's also because she grew up in a time, in, she came to Canada, um, I think in 1980, but she grew up in a time where, in Poland, where you couldn't do whatever you wanted. <laughs> So um, I think that's kind of part of it for her. It was just like, oh, I, I came here because I, so that you guys could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I, I, I you basically you have a cool you have a cool mom, and that's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's thanks, Steve. No, it sounds like your mom's kind of cool, and I. Yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that by this point, the the general public has had time. Uh, to form their opinions about you and your work. It, it's been, uh, let's say, about eight years or so since you've been in the public eye. Is... I think seven. You want to no. go, go with seven? Wasn't the... Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It's only six since 2007. Really? Is that the... I, I thought it was earlier. Yeah. I thought you put out something in like 2005 or something like that. 2007. When was, your, when was your first EP out? My first record. Your first record. That wasn't really an EP. Somebody, I made like five copies. <laughs> <laughs> that that ca- wasn't like an EP. That counts. That was like I gave it to five. Does it count? That counts. If it's Does out it there. Does it really count? If it's circulating the, out well, there. Yeah. Anytime. If you made. I don't know if it's circulating. You got multiple copies. Five, five copies is multiple copies. Five right? copies. Totally right, counts. Totally counts. There you go. Yeah. That, that's fine. There you go. Anyway, right. my, my point is, you, 
you've been around a while now, and people have their op- opinions about you and your work. Is there is there any notion that they you, do? They probably do. Is there any notion about you that you'd like to shatter with the tall, tall shadows? Do you even think about external considerations like that? Nope, not at all. Not at all. You're just doing not your thing. Not at all. Okay. I gotta. Do, yeah. I. I. I think. Yeah. I had. I don't know. Yeah. And I try not to. I mean, I try not to think about that stuff because I think it can. I don't know because if you believe the good, you have to believe the bad. So you're what's you're the, not you're not the, you don't read reviews basically. I really try not to. What do you mean? How is I someone, really try not when to. When you say you really try not to, is there sometimes ever... sometimes sometimes when an excited family member will copy and paste something into an email and you realize before it's even happening. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, it's all in it's all you know for like out of love, obviously, but. Yeah, I'm, I don't think that's a good for me anyway. I don't think it's a good idea. No, but yeah, you have to believe everything. Sure, and but, I don't want to have somebody else's opinion and, to try and influence what I think of myself. Sure, that's. You know, a, I think it's easy. Th- I think that's. I think that's an easy thing to happen to yourself. No, and that's all. That's all fair. But you do have this relationship with your audience, and you're also. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that definitely. Like I'm. Like I have a Twitter. I'm terrible at Twitter, but. Um, like I like being able to respond back to people and and hear from people who like my music. Well, I don't even mean a direct. Sure. I don't mean direct communication. I just mean by that by being who you are and making records and sending them out into the world, you are establishing a rapport with a listenership. Uh, even that, in that sense, you have this relationship with them, and you're on this trajectory. I'm just curious if 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 that comes into any consideration when you're challenging yourself as an artist. Uh, and making records like, uh, you know, you always want to be, I presume, you're always trying to better yourself and and maybe, you know, surprise people a little bit. And that's what I'm wondering about with this record because you made some choices here that, I, as I mentioned earlier, some of them seem like real adventurous departures for you. And I'm just curious, <laughs> I'm just curious if that uh, is just a natural course of, of, of action or are you kind of like, no, I want to I do this thing to prove something to someone. Um, I think the only person I'm trying to prove anything to is myself, probably. It's very selfish. Um, it's very selfish of you, Yeah, Asha. it is. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially with this record and what the way I made it and um, where it was coming from, it really wasn't, that wasn't sort of part of the spectrum of what I was thinking about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I really, um, I think you can't, you just have no way to anticipate how people are going to, there's no way you can know what is going to resonate with people and what, what people are going to think. If I was trying to anticipate what people were going to think, I mean, that's, it's impossible to do that. So yeah, yeah, I think the only thing, yeah, for me anyway, I definitely, the only, I'm my own worst critic too. So I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I think that's, yeah, maybe it's a selfish pursuit. Of course it's a selfish pursuit, but. <laughs> no, I, I, I realize that. I know it's kind of hard to, to think about, but, I, you know, sometimes I just wonder if anything on the outside actually infiltrates your own sense of, you know, what I'm going to do next, but it sounds like for your own health. Well, it's also and, hard to have the perspective too, right? Yeah. It's hard to know for sure. We're always influenced by the world we live in, and it's, it's I mean, that's why there's like a sound of certain certain decades have a sound and certain things you just can't yeah. even yeah. help. You don't, you don't exist in a vacuum, but yeah, for my own health. Yeah. For course, trying to, of course, I'm trying to keep it, keep it, uh, 
keep the perspective in a certain place for sure. Right. Uh, you've got a lot of tour dates coming up. Have you, and this record is just out now. Have you had a chance to think about uh, what's next? Have you pondered new songs, new recordings, new projects, anything like that? Yeah, I have a few new songs. Um, they're early stages. Yeah. They're early, early stages. So we'll see. I mean, it's, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to, I think it's good for me to try and do something new, even when I'm working on performing stuff on a record that just came out. I think it's good to stay in the habit if you can. When you are preparing for a tour like you are now and writing new songs, I assume that the current work is informing the new work, even though you're trying to maybe transition out of it, <laughs> if that makes any sense, like uh, as organic yeah, as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, it's hard to say right now because the stuff I'm working on is like very, very early stages. Um, but yeah, I think that my biggest challenge for myself is always just to not think about it too much. Mm. <laughs> um, if you overthink it, you kind of lose whatever it is that you're trying to, to catch, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. You can't, yeah, yeah. So, is there? There's new... Sorry, I'm being I'm being terrible here. I'm like the worst. I'm like the worst radio interview you've ever had. No, no, no. It's I'm fine. I'm giving very eloquent answers here. No, no, no. You're doing just well. You're, you're doing. Look at me. I can't even talk. You're doing just well. That doesn't make any sense. I can. We're in the same boat here. We're on the same bandwagon. Misspeaking and. There's alto sax in our yeah. heads. It's too much. I, there's I, so much. There's so many saxophone solos. It's the problem <laughs> that we're getting. We're just hearing it and it's getting really trippy. Yeah, it's fine. We're we're going to be fine. I want to let people know once again that the new record by Basha Bulat is an exquisite one called Tall Tall Shadow. It's out now courtesy of Secret City Records. And she's out on tour across North America and Europe in the coming months, including uh, two dates at the Polish Combatants Hall. Three. Three dates. Three dates. You are three dates. Are you 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 yourself are something of a small Polish combatant, right? <laughs> well, um, I wanted to do something for the Toronto CD release that was a little bit um, maybe unexpected and just something that wasn't the usual places, you know, and something that kind of felt a little bit special. And it's definitely a room with character. I definitely wanted to have a room with a bit of character. Yeah, so. it, it's a nice. It's yeah. I, I've been there for shows before, and it works works quite well. And I, you've got yeah, the, and I think you've got the Polish background. Go ahead, well, I was just going to say you've got exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did, yeah, we did the like CD release in Montreal at Cabaret, which is a room with a lot of atmosphere too. So it was really cool. Um, it's, it's been really fun to try and do something a little bit uh, unexpected, and it always informs your performance a little bit too. Okay, cool. Well, no, it's great. Uh, yeah, people can visit uh, bashabulat dot com, which is b a s i a b u l a t uh, dot com, or secretcityrecords dot com. For more information That's about the right. new record and the tour dates and all that stuff, uh, Basha, if there's a song we could go to now, which would uh, which would you select? We've talked about. Oh, well, we were talking about Promise, so let's talk about Pro let's let's play Promise, not to think about love. Okay, then let's do it. This is it. This is it now from the new record, uh, Basha. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much, and thanks for all your kind words about my song. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Not to think about love, but to see the way you play. I have taken a vow, now I want to hear you say, Are you troubled at home? If I make no hesitation when you ask me not to think about love. 
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.